0: for sharing and so is a great story welcome to the kiwi food the show where we sit down with chefs food businesses food writers and more to share the stories behind the food they serve i'm your host person patel and this show is brought to you by podcasts new zealand let's dig in everyone welcome again to the kiwi food everyone Today on the show, we have Jason Dodensky, who is the market coordinator for a new farmers market on the Auckland landscape, Tepuna Market, in Henderson. The market is the vision of a collaboration of West Auckland community groups known as Kai West, who are working together to create an affordable weekly fresh food market in the heart of Henderson on Saturday mornings. Today, we chat to Jason about how the Tepuna Market came into existence how they had to pivot just one month into the market's existence, and the future of the market. We also talk about the importance of working in collaboration with local producers, businesses and community organizations to create a project that the community will embrace, and why food always brings people together. So without further ado, let's begin. Hi Jason, how are
1: you? Hi, Jason, Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah.
0: So, Jason, let's start at the very beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your childhood? Has food always been a feature in your life?
1: Yeah, um, so I, I guess um, yeah, my childhood was probably much like many Kiwi kids, kind of beaches and outdoors. But we, we always had a, a vegetable garden at home. And, and certainly my, my mother and grandfather were kind of avid gardeners. So it was always kind of around... And anyway, I guess it really gave me an appreciation um, and an understanding of our relationship to the natural world, That like can kind of getting your hands in the soil and, and understanding um, how plants grow and, and thrive. Yeah, so you could say that from quite a young age, I had a, a passion for food and, and more importantly, kind of cooking and, and eating and the idea of coming together uh, over a, over kind of food and that kind of leveler that, that food provides. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Like what, what kind of stuff did you guys used to grow as a kid? I mean, I'm really amazed. Uh, I mean, obviously, having moved here to New Zealand, w- having lived in India, we never had like a veggie patch or anything. So I know for years, I just thought vegetables were, you know, something you got at the market and not something that grew in the ground. So it's just amazing to see, you know, the difference in the childhood. Yeah. Right. So what kind of stuff did you guys grow?
1: Um, pretty, pretty, much, um, pretty much everything. Um, we always had a, a kind of really good uh, potato patch, so obviously aiming to get those um, kind of uh, new potatoes in for, for Christmas and again kind of those um, opportunities to celebrate the season. Um, but yeah, we um, obviously always had some greens growing in the garden as well that we could go out and harvest and a good selection of, of herbs. Um, and as I say my grandfather and and mother were particularly avid gardeners so we had beyond the the edibles um, a whole range of natives and and stuff as well so yeah really fortunate.
0: Oh that's really cool so tell me a little bit more like I read that you studied about sustainability at university so what what exactly did you study and how has this study played into some of the roles you've had so far?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, so I guess I spent a, a little bit of time in, in hospitality um, and um, kind of indulged my passion for food and, and as I said, that kind of opportunity to bring people together over food. And, and when I returned to Auckland, I, I studied business management and sustainable enterprise um, at AUT. Um, and I think that really allowed me um, an opportunity to start to think about some of these or find a way to um, create some frameworks to think about some of those really complex challenges around food. So one of the things that kind of led me back um, to to studying sustainability in particular um, and the role of sustainability in business was this real concern um, that I had around the food waste in particular and and that kind of hospitality space and, and being exposed to that. But also those inequalities that exist, and and this kind of um, underlying, I, I guess, desire for everyone um, to to have access to um, healthy, nutrient dense food. Um, yeah.
0: Nice. So, tell me what is what is Kai West, and how did you get involved with it?
1: Yeah, so uh, Kai West uh, is a collection of uh, kind of different individuals and organisations from across uh, West Auckland who are all working together towards kind of more resilient and and regenerative local food system uh, for West Auckland. So um, essentially uh, focused on um, supporting the availability of fresh, affordable local produce in Henderson and the surrounding areas and really strengthening those neighbourhood-scale food initiatives which support that general health and wellbeing. Yeah, and really connect people back to to what food is and, you know, like you mentioned earlier, not really kind of recognising that food was grown in the ground. It's really getting that um, that deeper understanding about where our food comes from, who produces it, how is it produced, and, and really supporting that. So, um, yeah, the kaupapa uh, of Kai West is, is really about bringing together people um, around food and, and bridging that, um, that gap between um, where our food, where and how our food is produced with the, the people who are eating it. And so a bit of a, a collaboration with a whole range of different organisations and, and individuals, which I won't um, kind of rattle off for you, but mm-hmm. um, there are some key kind of collaborators in there uh, around the, the market itself, so Healthy Families Waitakere, um, Eco Matters. Uh, MPHS, Community Waitakere, uh, Panuku, so yeah, a, a whole range of, of quite varied organisations, and I think that that um, sets us in a good place with a diverse range of skills to um, to really represent um, the makeup of, of West Auckland. We really wanted to create something uh, with the market that was, or that really represented the local growers and makers um, in, in the area and, and what people wanted to eat and, and do like to eat.
0: Okay. So tell us a little more about Tipuna Market. Like how did that come about um, and, you know, why, why start it now?
1: Sure. So um, I, obviously um, the the kind of idea um, around a, a market came um kind of before I came on board, if you like, um, yep. and really came out of that um, desire to, to take some action um, to creating more resilient food system. But there were kind of these key influences or key drivers, um, the, the closure of the pack and save uh, right there in Henderson, so that's uh, going to be refurbished at the moment or is going for a refurbishment. Um, which is likely to take 18 months to two years when, we'd, um, when we were looking at the initial uh, market. So having somewhere that was um, within walking distance for local residents um, in, in the kind of immediate area, there is uh, quite a number of, of elderly residents and, and local families. Um, and so how there was a real opportunity there, I guess, to um, ensure that there was still a fresh food source within walking distance of those, of those residents. And obviously there's quite a proliferation of um, unhealthy food options um, available uh, in the area that we're in. Uh, And so we wanted to really counter that with this kind of accessible, um, affordable fresh food marketplace, which not only provided that affordable factor, but also connected people directly with local small scale and backyard growers, um, again, to really kind of reinforce that that resilience element mm. and, and obviously Panuku um, as part of their Unlock Henderson project um, had an opportunity with a site um, and and have been supporting with some funding to initially kickstart the market.
0: Okay, interesting. So um Tell me a little bit about the site, because isn't it? Um, it happens at an underused car park, and uh, you guys made it into a market. Is that is that right, or have yeah, I got it wrong? Absolutely.
1: Right? So um, you you might be, or oh, for those of you who are familiar with with Henderson, um, the Falls uh, restaurants. It's um, just in, uh, on the the Falls Reserve there, and, and right next to that is a a rather large car park, which is earmarked for development. And it just seemed like a, a logical place um, to, to kind of bring people together. Um, and on the site already um, was the the Kākano, uh Gallery, um, which showcases uh, local uh, young lo- local artists, um, and also the the EcoBatters Bike Hub, which is self explanatory, I think. But um, the the opportunity to encourage more active uh, transport options um, and to um, provide a place for people to come and learn um, about how to repair um, their bikes themselves.
0: Okay, interesting. And um, so from what I gather, this is predominantly a fruit and vegetable market rather than like a one with stores and food and music. Am I correct? Uh,
1: so, I mean, we, we definitely have a focus on locally grown and seasonal fresh fruit and vegetables. We um, mm. do complement that with um, some kind of uh, street street food um, type options um, and obviously some locally made um, art, some seedlings, um, you know, those other kind of, um, yeah, those other kind of preserves and, and eggs and honey um, options that people want in their kind of weekly shop as well. So um, while we, yeah, while we definitely try and focus on that um, that fresh produce element, um, we do try and balance that out with a little bit um of an opportunity or a platform to showcase um, those other really local um, providers.
0: That's great. And um, do you feel that, you know, like these local markets really help us celebrate our cultural diversity that, that would be there in the neighborhood? Like, could you tell us a little bit about the vendors and is it quite a diverse set of vendors that you typically have in the market?
1: yeah totally um so uh, you know I think that um, as I say food provides this incredible platform for us to come together and really deepen our understanding not only in terms of food but in terms of um, different cultures and um, different foods and the way that um, people um, kind of engage um, with food in their in their daily lives um, and yeah as say can really deepen that kind of understanding um, so we um, have a focus at Tapuna on um, these kind of small scale um, growers, and we really want to provide an opportunity um, to uh, sort of start up enterprises and, and um, backyard growers who might be interested in creating some micro incomes um, for themselves. So um, we we work with uh, Woodford Gardens, um, in, right in the heart of Henderson, there actually, at the uh, Waitakere Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have quite a, a range of people um, who are involved in that in that project, um, who are all locally, both, locally based. Um, and it's really about kind of well-being in general, I think. Um, and then we also work with a couple of small-scale growers, so Lemma, um, who's based in uh, Ranui, um who operates a, a series of micro sites, and she's also actively involved in the Ranui community garden. Um, And, and yeah, so I I guess that there are um, some really great examples of um, those kind of local small-scale producers um, that don't often have an opportunity to reach other markets. Um, Yeah, so the market provides a really great entry-level point for them. We really wanted to to be able to... um, yeah, really provide and support um, those startup vendors um, and encourage them um, as they um, get underway.
0: Awesome. And does that mean that? the food is generally cheaper? Or is it that you just, you know, I mean, it's also the element of you actually know where it's coming from. And, and that's, of course, nice as well. But given that they are backyard growers and things like that, is that an opportunity for people to get their food slightly cheaper, or maybe slightly better quality?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, probably both, um, actually. So, obviously, um, cutting out um, the um, the middleman and, and de- dealing directly with the, the grower or the producer um, mm. is always good. It's good for everyone, um, and that can help bring the, the price down. Um, and, and I think it's, um, you know, for us also about providing an opportunity for, for people to um, – to connect, um, and really, um, as much you know, it's kind of as much about um, the the local food and, and affordability as it is about that social connection um, that happens. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay,
0: so I understand that Tabuna started the market itself started in February. Is that correct? <laughs>
1: Yes, so we we started on the 15th of February so quite late um in, in the season um but um, got got off to a, a really great start um and then uh, after a, a few markets um that um obviously came to a, a bit of a halt
0: <laughs> so how how is that as a market coordinator <laughs> like when in the piece did you get hired and um walk me through the feelings you had when that happened
1: <laughs> yeah so um uh, yeah, we were really early days. So I mean, I I came on board as the market coordinator um, at the beginning of the year, um, mm. and so we, we obviously spent um, a, a little bit of time in those initial um, few weeks of the year, um, working on the on the market and the plan, um, and reaching out to the to those local vendors. Um, and yeah, we kind of felt like we were just starting to get some momentum, um, mm-hmm. and, and we certainly um, tried to keep the market open as as long as we could. So we managed to to get in, uh, I think, about five or six markets before uh, before we had to um, to stop. And um, it was really um, about, I think, um, for us, it was. Um, Really, not a matter of um, so much. Uh, this is something that's going to um, impact on the market. But um, how do we keep uh, a? How do we keep our, our kind of market partner ourselves safe and um, and you know being both the vendors um, and, and customers um, and and then actually um, looking at um, how do we then um, find another way. Um, to to share that beautiful local projects with, with the neighbours.
0: Mm. So, I mean, I understand that you guys then started a click and collect service and at that time you potentially were maybe one of the first ones to do a click and collect service because that's not something farmers markets in Auckland were doing prior to that, right?
1: Yeah. So how, did that, how did
0: that come about?
1: Yeah, I mean, right. I guess our, the, the Kai West or, or the Tapuna markets um, kind of focus initially during that period was on that kind of immediate need. Um, And once um, we felt like um, that was um, in hand, we we turned our focus to how do we actually provide um, a platform for some of our local growers, most importantly, who had kind of Produce in the ground, um, you know, mm. produce doesn't stop growing because of um, because of COVID or, or any kind of external factor like that. So it was really out of a desire to see those those local producers, and obviously being small scale and not supplying to some of those um, larger platforms or even to the supermarkets, um, meant that. Yeah, they were, they were kind of left with, without a market. And so we were exploring different platforms um, and different opportunities. And we came across uh, the Open Food Network, which is a, an open source platform, which has been developed by um, local small scale growers for exactly that purpose, connecting uh, local producers directly with local consumers um, mm-hmm. and really making that quite a, a streamlined and easy process. Um, and... So yeah, we we offered this this click and click. We thought it was worth uh, giving it giving it a try, and once we were able to um, move down some of those alert levels, we uh, made that an offering.
0: Awesome! That's really nice to see. Like I just really love that because prior to this, you couldn't really buy food online, and it's just amazing to see how fast that adoption has happened, and it's actually stayed with us now. Like more people want to do that.
1: I think so. I think there's some real um, benefits to it as well. I mean, uh, particularly some of the feedback that we're getting from from vendors in particular um, around, you know, the uh, the orders are uh, in and in advance. So we um, have an order cycle which opens on a Saturday morning uh, mm. to uh, Wednesday afternoon. So customers can kind of go on at their leisure and, and browse and order um, and make payments um, all online. Um, and then a uh, kind of Uh, Drive through collection process on a on a Saturday morning.
0: I think it's really convenient because if you think about why people moved away from markets and going into a supermarket is because you know you wanted to just go when you could and place your order. I mean that's part of the reason, part of the attraction of going to a supermarket, right? Like the food's always kind of sitting there. so now if you've given people like these five days to go place their order, you're kind of doing the same thing. So um, it's, I feel, just bringing people back into the space where they can embrace their local farmer.
1: Totally. I think that, convenient, that convenience element is crucial um, and really providing a range of different options as well. So some of the things that we, we obviously work with a whole lot of people um, these smaller growers, um, but we also offer an option around a food box and, and have these other complementary kind of things around, you know, kind of eco-homewares and looking at um, handmade soaps and beauty products and, and all of those kinds of things. And one of the, the key things uh, or that underline the uh, market is this kind of zero-waste co kaupapa um, that we're, I guess, on a journey to. um mm. So everyone's starting from a different position and one of the things that attracted us about this um, Open Food Network platform or this click and collect offering was uh, that the vendors would know in advance and it really eliminates the, the wastage element that you might see with many physical markets when you don't yeah. really know how much of things you're going to sell or um, yeah, what people are going to be interested in a particular day
0: that's that's amazing yeah because otherwise food waste is such a huge um, issue um, I mean having you've worked in hospitality as well so and so have I so I have a first-hand understanding of just how much food goes into the bin
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's really criminal um, and so if we can try and um, minimize some of that and and have a look at uh, the systems as a whole and, and create some systems that enable um us to minimize that throughout the the process from from farm to plate then that's always got to be a win.
0: Cool so I'd love your thoughts on how you think the food landscape in Auckland has shifted since the lockdown I mean we obviously spoke about this click and collect thing but um, do you feel there's been other trends like I really see a huge kind of call you know to be supporting local and eating local what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely celebrating the abundance of incredible local produce um, mm. is something um, that that we've kind of seen people uh, a huge uptake um, from from local people and supporting those those producers and and supporting those local hospitality businesses just as much. I think that will continue to be a theme, um, and, and I think that there's the the moment has offered us a, a real opportunity um, to. You know, take breath really, um, and and look at some of the some of the vulnerabilities that are in our in our food system, or some of the inequalities which exists. Um, yeah. yeah, and I guess the the other thing um, that that people um, have really taken a shine to is is the growing um, some of their own food. Um, and, and that's obviously varying degrees um, you know some people have, have gone um, for kind of little planters and, and supplementing um, their their fresh produce that they buy from the market and and others um, are looking to be a little bit more self-sufficient but I think um, that can only be a good thing that deeper understanding um, of our food and where it comes from and, and how it grows in and the, and the value and time that goes into um, the care Um, that's involved in producing food.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely spent more time in my garden and I've been looking up planters and I'm eagerly waiting for it to get a bit warmer so I can put my seeds in. I'm quite quite excited about it, actually.
1: Yeah, look, you know, there's something really magical about um, planting a seed and and watching it come come to fruit um, and being able to enjoy that, um, yeah, with a meal, hopefully with others.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so tell me, um, Tipuna is obviously something that came out of this kind of partnership. You know, you said you spoke about Kai West where you guys are a bunch of different organizations partnering together. So give me a little bit of insight. I mean, how does it all work like with having so many multiple stakeholders involved? You know, how can we successfully manage such partnerships?
1: Hmm. So you know, I think that um, I mentioned earlier about the diversity of skills that that um, that a collective like that brings. Um, mm. I think that's um, a real strength for that collaborative type approach. Um, you know, and I think working to to each of those organisations' uh, strengths. I mean, mm. I guess um, it's not without its without its um, kind of challenges, particularly around multiple voices um, and multiple opinions. But one of the things that we found really useful. Um, was just to come back to our shared co You know what? What were the what were we collectively there to achieve? Um, and that um, really has enabled us to simplify um, our decision making. Um, mm-hmm. And and obviously having somebody take a paid role that enables the bringing together of those those different ideas um, and mm-hmm. that sort of um, facilitation around. Um, yeah some of that. So there, there's real strength I think in, um, in that collaboration um, and also thinking about um, being representative of the community and the, the neighbourhood in which we serve. So thinking about not only um, doing kind of engagement with a small number of people but actually getting um, the organisations that are involved to, to reach out to, to their wider network so that we get that finer detail and that and that feedback into so that we can keep refining the market so that it does continue to represent that group of people um, and work for that group of people. You know, is, is the food that's being sold there um, something that the people in that neighborhood want to eat, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just really basic stuff.
0: Awesome. Um, I'm really excited. Like, I love the work that I feel Panuku is doing. I mean, you know, and if you think about, and, and all of you are doing, of course, but, you know, just like converting a parking lot into something that is viable and is giving back to the community, giving back to the farmers and giving people an option to shop. Like it's amazing if you actually think about it.
1: Yeah, I think we've, we've um, got to get a little bit more creative about our use of urban space. Um, yep. And um, this is a really great example of, of people coming together um, and creating something um, that's, that adds real value to the space that it's in. Um, and it's certainly a much better option than having a whole lot of cars parked there for short periods of time.
0: Definitely. So, Tommy, I believe aside from Tepuna, you are also involved in projects where you work with migrant women and teach them how to grow produce. So I've clearly been snooping around, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so um, for, for the last couple of years, I've been involved in a, uh, a project uh, called Grow Space, um, mm. which uh, is really about creating uh, welcoming, inclusive and regenerative neighbourhoods. Um, mm. so we um, are a charitable trust and our initial project is Morningside Urban Market Garden, which work alongside refugee and migrant background women um, to develop their market gardening and, and business skills. Uh Alongside growing uh, microgreens um, and organic produce uh, for local restaurants and cafes, so um, really a, a kind of social enterprise uh, model that yeah really achieves this really um, great outcome not only for um, the food system in terms of the diversity of growers and and the diversity of, of things that have been grown, but also uh, really contributes to bringing together that um, that kind of sharing of knowledge. Um, and in helping to kind of really create a welcoming and safe place for those uh, new refugee or migrant women in particular um, who might be experiencing some social isolation or, um, or, or might need some support as they settle into their new homes.
0: That's, that's really amazing. Like, um, How many have you had a number of people come through the program or is it something that's still quite new?
1: Yeah, it's relatively new. Um, so we, we've had a couple of se- – well, coming into our, our second uh, full season this year. Um, so we've mm-hmm. had our first um, initial cohort um, through, which has um, been a little bit longer than we, we would have imagined um, just because of the development of the infrastructure. So we started uh, in November two thousand nine uh, 2018. And – from nothing. Um, and so we, we had an opportunity um, with a, um, a project called Gribblehurst Community Hub in, based in Sandringham um, with an old bowling green, in fact. So, again, mm. utilisation of um, of space um, or creative use of, of urban space. Um, and uh, what we did was we took uh, the idea of, of creating raised beds, so um, using upcycled uh, kiwi fruit crates uh, and creating a wicking bed system in them so a kind of self-watering um, kind of garden bed system um, and we focused with that on trying to use as many upcycled and re- um, repurposed materials as we could mm. um, and so that obviously takes a little bit longer well um, yeah took a little bit longer than we imagined um, but definitely worth the worth the result and we've now got uh, 60 of those garden beds uh In operation on a couple of different sites um, across Morningside. Um, So we've got uh, our site at Gribblehurst Community Hub or on the Commons um, there, and then also at uh, Eden Park where we now have our primary teaching garden um, site. And the idea with the program is that we, we offer a two year program, so the first year. Um, the uh, participants uh, come through the program and they go through a kind of induction period, if you like, where they learn all these uh, key skills around market gardening um, and really have an opportunity to explore um, and share their knowledge on, on gardening from their home countries. And then through a summer internship, where they're able to practice those skills through that, uh, through a kind of practical summer season. Um, and all the while, um, they're Uh, contributing to growing microgreens and edible flowers um, for for local cafes and restaurants. Um, And then during that second year um, of the programme, we work with them uh, to build on those skills um, and the skills that they've brought along with them uh, to to develop micro-enterprises, whether that's um, in market gardening or in some other field um, that... Uh, yeah it brings those those kind of skills together so the intention is that at the end of that um, that second year that the uh, participants will go off um, and and run their own um, enterprises creating that kind of um, that personal or family um, kind of financial resilience if you like and also that those um, participants will then share um, the skills that they've learned um, through the program they've being through with the the newest cohort which is coming through so we're really uh trying to build the capacity of the woman to um to teach others um mm. that, are, that are going through a similar situation or have been in a similar situation to them
0: i just find that really amazing because you know we're going back to a world where i mean if we think all of us were farmers and we used to grow our own food and things like that and this is actually giving a real opportunity to people who are trying to settle into their new home, teaching them a new skill, but it's still something that's so core to how we live as humans. So it's just amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Fundamental to how we live. And I, you know, I think that um, the the opportunity that we have is that um, the refugee and migrants that we have coming into the country often um, have these incredible, this incredible growing knowledge. Um, But, are often in a context which is so so different to the New Zealand growing context. And so it's about providing that kind of wraparound context to the New Zealand growing conditions um, and incorporating in some of those regenerative bio, um, bio-intensive practices which enable them to produce more on smaller um, land size Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and potentially uh, turn their backyard into um, something that can not only produce food for themselves and their families, but um, that they can also create micro incomes from.
0: Awesome. I must say I'm really inspired now. I'm going to go get <laughs> find out more about gardening <laughs> and try to grow something this season. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, just to wrap up, I'm now going to go into my favorite section of the show, which is called Fast Food 5. It's got nothing to do with fast food, but it's five fast questions about food. Okay. Cool. So, you ready, Jason? Sure. Okay. So, your favorite cuisine when it comes to takeout or street food?
1: Oh, that's a hard choice. Um, I, I would have to say uh, Vietnamese.
0: Yeah, Vietnamese is good. I like that. It's all like fresh flavors again. Fresh and flavors, like yeah. Celebrating fresh. the vegetables. So, okay. Uh, the one thing that you must always have in your kitchen. Garlic. Oh, yeah. I love garlic. But I'm <laughs>
1: enjoying, <so>. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in everything. <laughs> it's a staple of my, my pantry for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, and what's the one vegetable you always grow and the one vegetable you always buy?
1: Uh, I always uh, I always grow leaf greens. Um, so there's always herbs and leafy greens. So chives, uh, parsley, thyme, oregano in the garden, um, and um, yeah, always something like a, at the moment there's uh, kale and and silver beets, um out there, which I can easily just go and pick and and mix through something. So um, yeah, and, and in terms of buying. Um, at the moment it's, it's Nebraska. Um, so the, the broccoli and, and cauliflowers and, and things like that. Um, I'm, I'm too impatient to grow them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I want to try. I want to try. I'm on keto. So I'm going through a lot of like cauliflower. No. I was wondering the other day, can I grow my old cauliflower? But I don't think I'll be able to grow enough. <laughs> um, so click and collect or shopping down the aisles. What do you prefer?
1: Uh, shopping down the aisles, actually. Um, the the reason is that I, I think um, there's something about the sensory experience um, mm-hmm. of um, seeing and being a part of. Yeah, being a yeah. part uh, of. That. Um, so definitely. Definitely more um, market style than than supermarket, but mm. um, yeah, that idea of um, yeah being in a place and being able to um to smell the smells and and to see the um to see the produce and um and be around others
0: yeah uh, that's why i think i always end up buying way more than if i go to like my local market like i'll just end up buying stuff i don't i don't (laughs) particularly need because it's just the sensory thing like you said um you know you taste stuff and you were like oh i could do something with that
1: Mm.
0: So okay last question what's your favorite farmer's market in auckland
1: Oh, that's how fun. Um I'd probably have to say uh, it would be a toss-up between Matacada and, and Cleveland, um, to be honest. Um, <laughs> mainly, I mean, we have, we're have we really well-serviced for uh, an incredible amount of uh, farmers' markets in um, Auckland, but uh, there's something about um, going out of, of the city and, and um, being... In the place um, where food is produced um, or, or out in the country a little bit, so that you can at least imagine that. Um, mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm a big, uh, I'm Team Clevedon. <laughs> yep. I live in Takanini, so <laughs> I would read Clevedon's my regular market, but it's just amazing. Yeah. I think the last time we went, you know, just like being surrounded by hills and farms and just adds to the kind of space. And right? It's cool
1: experience, right? Of, of yeah, that, that whole thing.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for coming on the show. I've had a lovely chat and um, good luck to you with the Te puna Market restarting back. So, um,
1: oh, yeah. Yes. it's um, and back there on the uh, 19th of, of September. Um, so, looking forward to that.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, Jason. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Kiwi Foodcast brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Be sure to listen in next time for another helping of Kiwi Food Stories.